This episode is brought to you by Dollar Shave Club. And I know, I know another ad, right? But I personally use Dollar Shave Club all the time and have been using them for years. Uh, I remembered I would always buy the disposable razors and I would they wouldn't last. They would cut you. And then when you would get the more expensive ones, they they were just really expensive and you had to keep buying them until I came across Dollar Shave Club. Then, you know, it changed the game forever with razors. And now they offer way more than just razor. They offer skincare products, hair care products, hair stuff, gel, pomade, you name it. They offer a whole variety of different products. I mean, you don't believe me? Go give them a try and then you'll love them. Click the link in each episode and or our bio and you'll love them. You're going to be helping the podcast. Or if you want to help the podcast too, if you're if you go over to Anchor FM, there's a donation button. You can sign up, donate every month. Uh, thank you guys to the people who have signed up and continue to donate. I truly appreciate it. So click the link. Go check out Dollar Shave Club and let's get into your episode. All right, we're live. Oh, all right, fucked up. It, it, it's the, the first time on this one. <laughs> and we're live. Welcome back to Mescal Moguls. It's your boy, the one with the scar in his face. Your boy, Scarface. And today we got a special episode. Uh, you know, they recently opened up a new shop, uh, a new barbershop here in town called Bro's Barbershop. So, of course, we had to get them in the, on the podcast uh, just to talk about a little bit of their story and where they come from. Uh, we got Raf and Daniel. What up, yeah. what up? What's up, guys? What's up, dude? How you guys been? Pretty good. Good, man. Good. Yeah. yeah, I see you guys opened up, uh, I mean, brand new shop. Uh, so I'm, I'm pretty sure that was scary and like exciting at the same time. But we'll get into that. I want people to get to know you guys. So are you guys from Idaho Falls? Yeah, born and raised Idaho Falls. Uh, you know, we were always Louisville, Rigby, Idaho Falls area. Mm-hmm. Uh, moved out of state one time to uh, Logan, Utah. It was, you know, when we were super young, we yeah. came back. Um, grew up, you know, went to school at Bonneville. Uh, Teton kind of stayed around. Mm-hmm. What about you, Daniel? Pretty much same, dude. Just been in the area outside mm-hmm. of that little stint out in Logan. But oh, did you guys go together? Yeah, yeah like it was a family oh, thing. Okay, a family okay. moved out yeah. and then came back. And uh, like I've gone to Boise stuff for school, but mm-hmm. nothing. And, and the, when you guys moved to Utah, was that just like? Uh, I think it was just kind of like my parents were like, "Let's get somewhere try somewhere else. new." <laughs> yeah. yeah, oh no, makes sense. And did you go to Bonneville too? I did, dude. I uh, went to Bonneville freshman, sophomore, junior year, and then took uh, some time off my senior year, and mm-hmm. then moved up to Victor with my brothers, and then moved back and just. I think I only needed like a credit or two, and then just graduated from Lincoln. Oh, nice! At, at least you went back and like and finished it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Um, so like, who who's older? Daniel's older. <laughs> Daniel, how old are you? Uh, I'm 30. And 30? You're? 27. 27. Yes, yeah, yeah. I'm 32. And, <laughs> and it's funny because for the longest time, I thought uh, Raph was older. Yeah, we get that a lot. <laughs> and I always joke about it with clients. Oh, so who's older? It's like, ah, well, I mean, years, me, but maturity, he has to be, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for the longest time, I until uh, I think it was uh, Babyface that told me. Uh-huh. He's like, no, actually, Daniel's older. I was like, no way. I thought he was just messing with me, but come to find out that you are, you know, older. Um, so in Bonneville, what year did you graduate? Um, I was supposed to graduate oh nine. Oh nine, and you. So this this is a story. So I ended up dating somebody, and you know, she got pregnant, and her parents were like, you know, it's it'd be best for you to drop out of school, and it oh, was dang. like, you know, being Hispanic, you're kind of like, I got to be an hombre, you know, I got to be mm-hmm. the best of the, that I can. So I start working, dropped out. And, um, we were together for a while and I was kind of like, Hey, I need to, I need to finish school. Like I have to. Mm-hmm. And, uh, she wasn't on board. Her parents weren't on board, but 
I ended up going to Boise State. They have a, a GED program mm -hmm. that I went through and got my high school equivalency. Mm -hmm. And I uh, graduated from there in 2010 um, and then moved back to Idaho Falls. Okay. So, yeah. and that was all just because, you know, you were going to have a, a, a baby at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and uh, did she end up going to Boise with you? Or? No. So th that's why she, cause it's kind of like a program that you have to live in a dorm and you have to oh. like, buy by these rules and stuff. And so it was kind of like, if I don't do it, I would have, I probably would have never graduated, mm -hmm. you know, got a, a diploma or anything. Yeah. And, uh, she wasn't on board cause she was kind of like, no, you need to work and you know, that kind of stuff. And my mom was kind of like, you need to do what's mm -hmm. best for you right now. And, uh, so that's what I did. I went to get my diploma and I took my brother with me, my twin brother. Mm -hmm. I have a twin brother that, uh, you know, he was, he just kind of was like, oh, I'm going to follow what you do kind of thing. And mm -hmm. so he, he, he didn't have any reason to drop out. He just dropped out and was like, I'm going to go with you. <laughs> like, <laughs> do you feel like it's like, uh, cause he's your actual twin, right? Yeah. He's an actual twin. Yeah. Does it feel like if one person does something, the other person has to do it? Um, cause you, you always see like, uh, even at the gym where I go to golds, there's these two fit guys. Uh, I don't know if you've seen them cause I've seen you, you've been to golds before, but they're pretty fit. And I remember at one point they gained some weight and they both gained it together and then they lost weight. And now like they're both shredded at the same time. <laughs> so is it like, is it weird like that? No, there's been weird things that happen. Like I'd get sick, he'd get sick the following week or like even our, uh, I got my appendix out and like a year later, the same day he got his appendix <laughs> out. So things like that, but nothing that like, you know, he lives a totally different lifestyle than I do. So I don't think it's necessarily like, you know, we're, we're not identical, we're fraternal. So it's, mm -hmm. you know, two different bags and stuff in the yeah. room. So I think it would have been different if we were identical. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah I, I remember you had, so I didn't realize that was your actual twin. That's, that's wild. <laughs> um, so what were you guys' plan? Like right after high school, like, was it just work? Just like, uh, I know you guys went to, I don't know if it was right after got your GED and, mm -hmm. and things like that, but what were your guys' initial goals? I know you, at one time you wanted to fight. Right. Right. Um, was that your, like, is that something you were going to start pursuing or? Yeah. So I, right out of high school, graduated obviously from Lincoln, had nothing else to do. And, um, it was either try to go to school at ISU or or just do something, you know, because I was just kind of trying to figure something out. And then, um, you know, just being involved with athletics all throughout high school, I was still in decent shape. And my brother-in-law was a kickboxer, so he's kind of like wanting to get into the whole MMA thing. And I needed help with his wrestling, and he's just kind of like, hey, dude, you've wrestled. I'll, I'll teach you the kickboxing, teach me the wrestling. And then I got into it, and... Uh, one fight goes down, and then Darren obviously was yeah. kind of, uh, hey, so are you trying to do this often? Because I can get you another fight. You know, it's first fight was like KO in like 21 seconds. Of the first <laughs> round. So, um, and at that point, he just saw a wrestler, and he just like, yo, like, that was pretty sick. Do you yeah. Want, do you want to fight again? We can get you. So then I did. Second fight, same thing. And uh, I started building up wins, and I was like, whoa, I could. I could get paid to punch people in the face. Okay. <laughs> and I, I wasn't necessarily like an angry person or I just, the athletic, I think my athletic drive just wanted me to pursue, just get more wins and just kind of see how far I could take it. And, uh, once I started challenging for titles, I was like, okay, cool. Like let's, let's try to make a pro debut and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. That's kind of where my head was at, at, uh, right out of high school, you know, 19, 20, 21. Yeah, because I, I remember seeing you, because my older brother was fighting at, the, I think, the similar time. Yes, uh, the same time. Yeah, and 
how was that like going into your first fight was it pretty nerve-wracking you're like oh shit like it's about to go down uh, i don't know if you were in many fights like in high school yeah, and things like that yeah um and it's not like anything to brag about but yeah. just throughout high school always you know if i'm not fighting my brothers i'm fighting for <laughs> my brothers you know and uh you'd get in scuffles so fights dude i didn't i didn't ever get nervous man mm-hmm. uh, i didn't i was just like okay cool i gotta I had to hit this guy for three rounds. Let's do it. And most of the time, they didn't last three rounds. So it's like, but then when you got training partners like Luis and stuff, it's like, mm-hmm. I, ain't, I ain't, you ain't gonna be scared. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, no, but no, I never got scared. I think just being exposed to fighting and stuff growing up takes the nerves out of you, I guess. And did you not want to pursue that? Because I know you stopped fighting for a while, or was did life just happen? Life just happened. So, um, and yeah, I mean, life just happened. Um, girl I was dating ended up, you know, pregnant and, uh, you know, it's just fighting. It's one of those things where not as stable, you know? So it's mm. like you fight, you get a fight and then it's like, you have to train for that. You're investing all your money into your gear, your diets and all that stuff. And, uh, and, and doing it amateur, like they don't pay you, do they? Uh, or do you get like a little bit, but if you end up hurting yourself, they don't cover that. They don't cover that. So the, technically they can't pay you, but they, they it's sponsor you. They sponsor you. Uh, promoters pay you to travel, you know, but, uh, it doesn't cost you X amount of money to travel to, you know, Blackfoot or Pocatello to fight. So they have to obviously write it off as like travel and roomie expenses, but they, they fork over some money. But, um, I stopped fighting pretty much because life happened, man. My little, uh, a little girl and the mom kind of moved back to, to kind of, we kind of ended it, you know, kind of split up and was in the right place. I had two fights after, and even though they were wins, they were very, very lackluster wins. And to me, I'm such a perfectionist that I saw my performances. I looked like crap. I felt like crap. And even though I was winning, it, it just wasn't up to my standard. And the guys weren't that much better. Like, they weren't better opponents. They were just, I kind of put it on me. I wasn't dieting. I wasn't you know, doing all this stuff. And I could see that my heart was in, the, in another place. And um, yeah, did that affect you? Cause I, I, know, I know you've been like having, I mean, we, I mean, not me since I don't have any kids, but <laughs> some, some parents like yourself, you know, uh, have issues with the baby mama and like trying to see your kid and, like, yeah. and things like that. Things like, ha- like, like that happened. Was that yeah. affecting you? Like, and yeah. that's why you weren't a hundred percent in it anymore. Pretty much dude. And, and fi- the fighting game, it's a, it's a lot of mental. Oh yeah. So it, once your mental's out, you better go because it's it's gonna not. You know, it's it's a fight game. You can get hurt, man. So mm-hmm. even though I was winning, I, I mentally I wasn't in it, and I had to sit down with Darren and just like, yo, I gotta, I can't do this, man. Mm-hmm. Like I gotta do other things, and I, I quit. And sometimes you know you get the itch, but you know, nah, it was time to move on. Yeah, is that where you got your the chip on your tooth? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good old Tyson Craig. Yeah, oh, it was from him. It was Tyson. We were sparring. We were actually getting ready for a for a fight. He had a fight going on too. And um, the one day, the one day, it's funny. It's like the one day that um, I always forget an equipment, whether it's my cup or whether it's my you know tooth. Um, something happened. Mm. You know, one time I forgot my cup. I got kicked by Luis. <laughs> <laughs> and let me tell you, that dude can kick. So I was down for a while. And then uh, the day I forgot my mouthpiece, I'm like, oh, I'll be fine. I'll just. There's certain things you can do, you know, mm-hmm. like move and close the distance to not get hit. And it was uh, literally this his left knuckle. He threw just a crazy punch and it landed right 
in between my mouth, you know, <laughs> right in between the lip. And it's crazy because you're so focused on what you're doing. You know, it's, I, I felt the gap. I just spit out the broken tooth and finished the round. And then after the round, I was like, ding. I ran to the bathroom and I'm like, holy shit. And people are like, dude, why don't you ever fix it? This guy at one point. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. <laughs> this guy at one point went on Facebook and started uh, a, a, GoFundMe. A, a GoFundMe for my <laughs> tooth. Yeah. And it's like, you know, people have different stories. Oh, it's how I, but that's a real story. It's how I broke it. But he has got to fix. He's got to fix twice, but it just it doesn't stick or what? Yeah. No. You're just too active or what? Like, uh, no, dude, I'm always just biting down on something. Oh, so <laughs> crack. I'm like, oh, I, you know, it's like, all right, it's just gonna stay. And it's cool because it's a conversation starter. It's like, yeah, oh, yeah. You know, clients come in, it's like, oh, so. I, I thought for the longest time I was like, maybe it was like a. Like almost like a trophy from your fighting days. You right, know what I mean? Like right. I'm not, I'm not gonna get rid of this because this is when I, you know, I was knocking guys out. Because right. I remember that. Like uh, I remember you, you would share some videos of uh, you just going to town on some dudes. I'm right. like, damn. And did you ever consider fighting too? Since so, you would see your brother fighting. Yeah, I fought once, um, and it was actually I, I started uh, men's physique in Boise because you know everybody's mm. out in fitness up there. So I was like, you know, I, I need to hit the gym, start doing it, and. uh I ended up having a fight and the the guy ended up going to jail and you have to be, you know, there's things you have to do, your licensing, your blood work, that kind of stuff. And, um, my oldest brother was going to fight and, uh, the guy didn't show up and mm-hmm. we were all in the, in the locker room and it was, the, the scale was over there and some kid jumps on and the, he's like, well, I wasted my damn time. I don't, you know, I don't have an opponent. And I was like, well, what, 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 what weight class? And he's like, oh, I'm like 170 or 172 or something like that. And I was like 145. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'll fight you. And uh, they're like, oh, you got to be 15 pounds, you know, within. Mm-hmm. And so I jumped on the scale with my shoes and my bag and was like, I'll do it. You know? <laughs> and, uh, and, and it went pretty well. I, I ended up losing the third round. Um, you know, it was fatigue. Nothing, nothing mm-hmm. you know, I wasn't knocked down or anything. But uh, now the guy fights, you know, in, in, in Japan. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, you know, we, we actually talk on Instagram. You know, I'm like, you know, he'll post pictures. And I'm like, oh, I, still, you owe me that one. Yeah. But <laughs> after that, I just was like, you know, it, it's awesome and stuff like that. But it's almost like when you train, people look at you as a target like, oh, I'm going to fight this guy. And mm-hmm. I'm going to say that I punched him and beat him up. And so I was just kind of like, you know, I started when I was, start training when I was like 16. Mm-hmm. And so 16 to like 19, 20, I was, was kind of like, you know, I was doing something in the MMA aspect, but I was just like, no. And, and then it became a political thing. Like, oh, you belong to this team and this team don't talk oh. to you. And, and I was just kind of like, you know, bounce from team to team. And it was just like, no, I, you know, I don't like it. And the promoters at the time were sketch yeah they're kind of garbage you know they just Mm -hmm. were like oh yeah we have somebody and then you spend all this time and money trying to fight because you don't get you know money for it and you put your body through an extreme thing you know people think that mma is just like oh they they fight it's like dude it is it is more than just a fight is it it is day night uh, dedication you know and the weight cut for some people is extremely hard like it's not a joke and so when I would, you know, have to cut weight and stuff like that, it was like I was putting my body through something and was like, if I'm not going to get anything in return as a, you know, competition or, you know, anything in something in return, then I'm not going to do it. So, yeah, because I remember recently there was a girl from the UFC. She weighed herself. And like when she's on the scale, it looks like he, she's she, not all there. And then she ends up passing out. Yeah. And people don't realize uh Fighters put their themselves like through a huge like uh oh it's months yeah it's, yeah, it's months. 
Yeah, even like before, I, I I've seen some people cut like a shit ton of weight, like the week before, just oh, yeah. just to make weight. Yeah. You know, I, I remember when I used to wrestle in middle school. Uh, I used to do the same thing. Like you would train and train, and then all of a sudden, leading up to uh, your wrestling match, a lot of people, not just me, were were not eating right. We're just like trying to cut weight to make weight that day. Yeah, and then you just feel like shit. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, you feel I mean, like shit. You perform kinda, like shit, and mm-hmm. it's like you. you like, why do it? You know what I mean? If yeah. you're going to do something, you should do it 100%. Yeah. You know, and then there's those people that just, you know, God-given talent where they could, oh, I'm going to cut five pounds a day. And, you know, it's like, boom, they're done, you know? Yeah. But, you know, we got, like, I call ourselves, yeah. a, we're big boys. We're big boys. <laughs> well, and he, it wasn't, like, out of the norm for me to cut anywhere from, like, 20 to 50 to 20, 22 pounds mm-hmm. um, a week and a half before my fight. And it's usually, I mean, I always have a story that I had a fight in Jackson and I was like, I had a fight in Jackson, and I was probably like 11 pounds over okay. in the summer, right? And it was day of weigh-ins. <clears throat> We're sitting here, and this dude's Honda. Um, that was a Passat. <laughs> it was a Passat, A leather yeah. Passat. Dude, he, you know, I was over, and I've, I've never missed weight. And he was kind of like, it was it was kind of weird because. Did you turn it into a. Asana? Yeah, I yeah. told him, I'm like, dude, you know, I, you're not going to waste my damn time. Like, waste my we're going to fucking cut this weight. And so I just turned up the heater in the Passat and, you know, we, we both lost eight pounds. Eight pounds. You know? and, yeah. and he was like, I'm out. I'm getting out. I'm, I'm getting, getting out. out. I'm like, Locks dude, if you get out, you're quitting. <laughs> like, you're a fucking quitter. And, and, and this is the thing is the last, you know, the last few pounds, a pound or two, it messes with your mental. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. Mm-hmm. Dude, I'm dying. I feel like I'm dying. Not like literally, but you just, you know, you start feeling like aches and pains. I feel like you're passing out. Like we were just talking about that yeah. girl, you know, yeah. you don't really realize what you're putting your internal body, body, right? Because you're just, uh, I just stick it out one more pound, uh, stick it out two more pounds, whatever, you know. But it's like inside, like your body is like yeah. really breaking down. So anyway, he helps me make the weight and go out, and it was like TKO, twenty one seconds. You know, it's a video <laughs> that I show. always share. You mm-hmm. know? I got booed by everybody. It was funny. Like I walk out, and think they booed you for that? No, yeah. I, like I got, I walk out and. And uh, I get booed by everybody because the guy was from Jackson. Oh, so, he's so it was like, like the hometown, the guy. hometown guy, and okay. knock him out. And next thing you know, everybody's like, and he was everybody's coach. Yeah. Oh damn. So, so it's like, oh <laughs> shit. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, it's the weight cuts are really bad, man. It's just kind of like there's a way you could do it better and responsibly. I think yeah. making more weight classes so you fight in your natural weight classes. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, some some definitely some oh yeah some weight cut stories, you know. You do anything yeah. you can to. Yes, and I also had a question since I know you were heavy into working out at one point, <laughs> and then you recently shared a picture, and I was like, I'm glad he shared it because I'm gonna ask you about it. Yeah. Uh, so at one time you were like super built, super jacked, and then something happened. Yes. Yeah, so, Tell us about that. Like, what was going on there? So I, I, you know, like I've always been the kind of person that, like, if you're going to do it, you do it 100. percent You know, so mm-hmm. I was extremely strict. I had no sugars, no fast food. I just, you know, chicken and rice, chicken and rice, and that, and that you know, that's before YouTube was out yeah. trying to be big and telling you what to do. You know, so mm-hmm. it was like, um, I, I would start working at GNC, and they, were, you know, I'd sit there and read what was on the back of them, and you know, I'd ask people like, "What's that mean?" or "What's BCAAs?" You know, mm-hmm. and um, I just start getting into it and the the more I would lift the stronger I'd get and the better I'd look and uh you know I did it for years a long time and people were always kind of like you know why'd you quit and I'm like dude it's to me it was it was too much it was you know I I didn't have that oh you know like small little life little little lifting little diets it was just strictly up by 4:30 at the gym 
by five, you know, the gym till eight and then go to work and then go back to the gym. You know, it was some crazy stuff, but I worked at a evolution labs. It was uh, cosmetics back then. And, uh, people were like, Oh, it's cause you took steroids, you know? And it's mm-hmm. like, I just, oh, I just agree. Yeah, I did. You know, I took steroids and it was, you know, if that's, if you want to cut me into that, that category, fine, whatever. But, um, so I was working and I, and I just start feeling sick and mm-hmm. like, not, not so much like cough and stuff like that, but just like when you don't feel right, almost like a hangover, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You just don't feel complete. And, uh, this, this lady named Carmen was like, Hey, you look really pale. And I was like, I just got to sit down. And I sat down and she's like, like, are you all right? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'm all right. You know, I'm, I'm good. And, um, she's like, you should go home. And I'm like, that's weird. Some, you know, your boss is telling you to go home. And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, you know, I'm going to go home. And I had a girlfriend at the time. So I texted her and I was like, Hey, I'm going to go home. Like, I don't feel good. Um, come over after work. She's like, yeah. So she came over and she's like, you don't look good, you know? And so I was going through, you know, my first separation. And I, so I didn't, you know, with my baby mom, I didn't like get to see my kid. I went from every day having her to not having her again. And, um, you know, my mom was kind of like, are you depressed? And I was like, you know, depression was like, it was kind of like a, a signal of weakness for me. And, you know, not saying it's not real or not yeah. saying people don't go through it, but it was more of like, no, it's not what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. And, um, I ended up going to the hospital and they, they, you know, they did this EKG stuff on me and the lady's like, you know what, you just sh- should take Advil and, um, you should kind of like toughen up kind of thing. You yeah. know? And I was like, you know, I told my mom, I said, see, like nothing's wrong with me. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. But you could see it in my face. Like I just, I wasn't, I wasn't my normal skin color. I was really pale. My eyes were always like dilated. And so they did all these like UAs, you know, they're like, mm-hmm. you do heroin, you go, you know, drink. And I didn't even drink at the time. Like I, I didn't start drinking until I was like 19 or something. Mm-hmm. So, well, <laughs> not that it's any better, <laughs> but you know, it was just like something's going on. So that was on a Tuesday, I believe. I don't know exactly the story. I haven't said it or you know, talked about it in a long time, but it's like a Tuesday and I fell asleep and I didn't go to work like a Wednesday, Thursday, cause I was just sleeping the whole time mm. and I lived by myself at the time. And so, um, my mom came over and she's like, like, what's wrong? And I'm like, I don't know. You know, I just took a nap. She's like, you've been asleep for a couple of days. What? And, yeah. And I'm like, what? And I looked at my phone and it was like, yeah, you know, so we go back to the hospital and uh, my mom's like, we're not leaving here till you tell, you know, us what's wrong. And they were like, well, he's of age, so it's up to him. And I'm like, no, I need to know. And they were kind of like, oh, well, you know, we'll monitor you and stuff like that. And they happened to give me uh, a vaccination mm-hmm. and it, it was a flu shot. And that's what like trickled everything. You know, I ended up getting intubated, medically induced coma. And I was there for what, like three, four days and they took me out, see if I'd respond. And I was still the same thing. But in between all that, you know, there's like, I've had out of body experiences and Mm. you know, my, my grandpa died in the same room. Oh shit. So it was like, you know, when I got out, you know, I almost asked people like, Hey, do you remember this happened? They're like, dude, you've been out. Like you, you know, I'm like, no, we like, we were walking and we were talking, you know, Mm. and things like that. And they're like, no. And so, it became like, you're crazy. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. you got crazy, but I ended up having Guillain-Barre syndrome. Um, and it's more of like a immune deficiency disorder. Um, my body, my white blood cells were fighting themselves kind of thing. Like they were saying, Oh, you know, instead of fixing things, it was more like, Oh, just push everything down to your legs and stay away from your heart. Like the blood stay away from your yeah. heart. And so, um, I had to learn how to walk, how to talk. Um, you know, people had to wipe my ass for like two or three months. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I couldn't, I couldn't really respond. I couldn't recognize people. Like I could see 
like their face, but I didn't know exactly who they were. Um, just, you know, all kinds of things like that. They told my mom, Hey, he's going to be a vegetable. Like he's not. Damn. They literally told her that. Yeah. They, you know, they're, they're like, he's, he's, you know, you got to get in home care. You got to get, um, the hospice people, like all kinds of stuff. And, uh, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was a long road. Like I tried not to like fall into that. Like, you know, I'm sick. I'm, I'm one of those sick people. I'm sick. Um, but anywhere you'd go, you know, it's like, it's Idle Falls, you know, and the story goes around and it's like, they'd look at me like, that's a sick kid, you know, that's mm-hmm. the, that's a sick kid. But, um, getting back to the story, it was like, I, I was in the hospital total, like four or five months, Shit. like never leaving the hospital. Not once, you know, ever since I went in after I fell asleep, I didn't leave the hospital for a long time. Um, I was on in all the floors or from second all the way up. Second was ICU. Third was like, a like after surgery recovery. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe the fourth was like, uh, like rehab. And then the fifth was also like a rehab kind of thing. I, I'm sure. Um, but it, you know, from walking to talking to moving to, you know, being like at, at times I would be talking, but I'd be whispering, but I could hear myself. Mm-hmm. And so people would be like, you're not talking. I'm like, I'm, I'm talking, you know, yeah. I'm saying something. But it's just all kinds of things. And, you know, I share those videos of, you know, people that have it. And I'm like, I'm I'm super lucky that, you mm-hmm. know, I got, mo- I'm probably, you know, 98% back. I'm not, I don't feel always 100%. I always get leg cramps and I get super fatigued. Like I can't, I just can't like it, you know, it just, it just stops me dead in my tracks. And I'm like, I got to go. I can't do this. Mm-hmm. But, um, it's, it, it's kind of, yeah. I don't know if I answered your question. No, or no, no. Yeah. Um, at, like when you're going through this, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it sounds like your your like your conscious was there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so how did that feel? Like knowing that you know what you want to say, you want to talk, you want to walk, but you can't. Like, how was 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 that pretty frustrating? Like, oh, it's like how are you dealing with that mentally? Because that would beat people up. You know, I I still do. I you know I have. A lot of tattoos, and I, and I have a tattoo on my arm. It's a lion, a, a lion, a compass, and a clock, and it's king of my own time and destination. And it was because I, in moments when I would get, be in CAT scans, I, you know, you got all your knuckles on your finger. Mm-hmm. So what I would do is I would count a minute to one knuckle, another minute to another knuckle, and I would say, okay, I'm, I'm like, I'm here. I'm not dead. I'm not, you know. And I would try to like move around. Um, it's kind of like sleep paralysis kind mm-hmm. of thing. You want to. But you just can't, you you know, and you mumble and you're trying to, you know, and people are like, oh my gosh, it's cute. He's moving. But, you know, it's kind of, it's not how it is. It's, it's extremely frustrating. And, you know, I wish there was a better word to use, but frustrating is, you know, what's there. So it's, it's, it's not, it's not easy. Oh, I bet, dude. Uh, Especially in that like you, you were fine not too long ago and all of a sudden like you can't talk, you can't. And then I'm pretty sure you're, you're watching your mom and your family look at you. Like, how was that? And like, what? so this is a, a story. It's not a story, but it's a situation I was in. So I had, I was in uh 214 in ICU and I, uh, I get up and I, I, I look over and there's this, this man standing there and he looks over me and I'm like, Oh, that's my grandpa. I'm like, you know, I'm like, what are you doing? You know? And and it's almost like I've known him forever, but he wasn't an old man. He was just, you know, probably mid forties, you know, still there is a hundred percent there. And he's like, you're going to be okay. And he's like, you have to keep trying. And I'm like, I can't. So I, I get up out of the hospital bed. I look back and my body's still there. And 
I'm like panicking I'm, and I'm grabbing people and I'm touching people and I'm like, please like respond to me, you know? And I remember, um, this is kind of weird. I remember fun. when I, I got out of the room and there's this little boy and he was bouncing a ball and, uh, his name was Billy. And he's like, he's like, uh, it, it's okay. Like you're, you're good. You know, there's, there's nothing that's scary. And I'm like, I'm what, like, you know, where are we? And he's like, it's okay. It's okay. And I, and I, Kind of like panicked and I got back and I jumped, I jumped back and like jumped back in my body and I just hit myself. Like it was like two people hitting each other and I'm like, please, you know, like, like, you know, do something. I, there's a, there was a sink there and I put my hands in the hot water and my hands are, you know, like getting wet and I'm touching my face. Like we're trying to wipe it. And I'm like, dude, I like, I'm not dead. I'm not dead. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I don't really get religious, but I, uh, I, I met the man and I, and he's like, you know, like, what do you want to do? And I said, I can't leave. I, you know, my mom was there and I said, I can't leave my mom. I can't leave my mom. I, I was like, I have my little girl. I can't leave. Please. Like I'll, I'll do anything. And I kind of remember like almost like a, like a blow, like, mm -hmm. and I just closed my eyes and I lay back and I, like, I've got the ventilator back on the, the things in my mouth. And I'm like trying to, with my arms, trying to like get it out. And, I, I relax because I'm like, I'm back in my body. I'm back. Mm -hmm. Like, and I look around, my mom's still there. She's still like, you know, bent over. Um, I don't know what she's doing, but she's bent over and I'm like, I'm back. And so I remember closing my eyes and I could hear the doctor come in and he's like, Oh, your son's getting better. You know, he's like, well, we'll soon take off the ventilator and you know, we'll watch him to see how he does. And, uh, they wanted to put a trach in me cause I, I didn't eat. Mm -hmm. And, um, He's like, but if the ventilator comes out, we're going to trach him and, you know, like that kind of stuff. And I'm like, sweet. And I'm like, geez, Lord, thank you so much. Like, dude, I'm going to go to church every Sunday. And I'm going <laughs> to, you know, I'm going to become a freaking priest. You know, I'm, I'm just like, I, I'm going to do the best I can. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know how much time went by, but I remember, you know, I don't know if it was days or hours or whatever. But I remember the doctor coming back and saying he had a really, really, really like loud voice. So I could I could always tell it was him. Mm -hmm. And, um, he came back and he's like, your son's gonna have to go to Salt Lake. He's like, we can't do anything for him anymore. And my mom was like, you just told me like, it was fine. And I was like, you know, the first person I got mad at was God. And I was like, God, like, you know, forgive me, but motherfucker, like <laughs> why, you know, you like, you gave me all this hope. Like, how come? And then I just see this, like, it's an old lady, like an old lady. And, and it's, I'd kind of describe it like the Yorona, but I couldn't see her face. It was just like a, like you could see a face, but it was just dark. Mm -hmm. And, uh, she says, you know, if you believe and you believe and you do what I want you to do, like, I'll, I'll give you what you want. And I was kind of like, what's it come with? Like, you know, what, like, what is it? And she's like, you just have to believe and you have to do what I say. And, uh, I was kind of like, does it, is it going to hurt anybody? And, and am I going to hurt anybody? And she's like, I can't say that, but you have to make a decision. And, uh, I was like, I, I was like, dude, get it. Like, I told her to get out of here. And I, and I like threw my arm. And then when I threw my arm, it was almost like wax. Like mm -hmm. my arm was just dripping my skin. Like my skin was dripping. And I was like, Oh shit. Like I'm dying. Like I'm melting. And I was like, this is hell. And everything hurt. Everything was hot. I'd, I'd shake my arms. I'd grab my, like my, uh, my gown and I'd like pull it off and I could just see my body like melting. And I'm like, this is hell. And I said, no, I don't want to be here and I don't want to be a part of it. And I'd rather die and go to heaven. And 
it kind of was like, you're not going anywhere. And I, I just remember closing my eyes and, and like praying, like, you know, God, I, I'd rather be anywhere and I'd rather be dead than to be in hell. You know, and I'd rather be in heaven than be in this world and do harm to people. I was like, I, I don't want that. And it kind of happened in the flash. People think like it's stupid, but boof, mm-hmm. it was gone. And I, I did start getting better and they did take off the, the ventilator and stuff. And, you know, I was still in ICU because I, um, they said usually a, a resting heartbeat. I'm not hundred percent sure, but it's like between 30 and like 20 mm-hmm. while you're sleeping. And I dropped down to like six, Oh dang. you know, and, uh, you know, back to the Billy kid. So I, I would still have those autobiotic experiences and that, that Billy kid was like, someone's dying. Let's go see. And I'm like, what the heck, you know? And so yeah. now I know that the blue light is, someone's in, in, you know, cardiac arrest or someone's going through something that needs extreme mm-hmm. help. And so he would say, let's go. And so I'd like literally jump out of my body and like walk over there and, you know, we'd see people dying. And, uh, so when you walk in the ice room, I was the second door to the left. And then you kind of, well, the door that I'd walked through, I don't know exactly which one it was, but, um, on the right hand side, there's, uh, where people sit like the, the, the nurses and stuff like that, mm-hmm. like a nurse station. And then to the left is two rooms. And, uh, then you can walk down a hallway. Like it's connecting to another place. And I think it's the kids I see Cause I was over on that side too. Um, and we'd walk over there and, and we'd kick the ball in that little hallway. Mm-hmm. And I remember the last time he's like, someone's dying. And I'm like, Oh, you know, it was just like a thing to go. Yeah. And so we walk over there and it's my room again. Oh shit. And I'm like, I'm like, no, 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 Like, I can't die. I'm not going to die. And um, what was going on was that they were taking the, the ventilator out. And so I seen them take the ventilator out and I see them, they, you know, they're like, stand up, you know, sit up. And I'm sitting up in the bed and they're like, you got to, you got to exhale and cough as hard as you can. And I'm like, you know, coughing and I, and I just see this like thing come out and I'm like, you know, like, wow. Like, you know, and then I remember kind of like breathing in the first breath the first breath that i took i went from watching myself to being in myself shit <laughs> yeah so it was it, it's extremely crazy and people are gonna be like dude that's shit's not real but it's something i went through and something i remember and something i go through in my mind sometimes day by day to be like like you know, i gotta get my shit together and do things right yeah and, and i believe it because i'm a firm believer of uh me i'm always like the science like there's multi-dimensions like mm-hmm. different t- you, you know what i mean like i believe all that stuff so like what you're saying like i don't find you crazy you know what i mean like i'm like this could definitely happen just because it doesn't happen to everybody yeah doesn't mean it doesn't happen yeah and there's there's been situations where so i you know i I got better i uh learned i start doing uh exercises with my arms i start walking i would i would push myself i used a walker for a long time and um they were they told me that you i'm going to be like this forever i won't i won't get a hundred percent i will never get a hundred percent and you know i'm always going to have to have someone wiping my ass i'm always going to have to have someone shower me and and you know kind of watching me like i'll never be alone kind of thing and uh, i remember i was in the room i think on the fourth floor and i told this lady uh, a nurse i said you know i'd rather fucking die i was like i'd rather die than to be someone's like uh, like a carga for somebody. Yeah, you know, yeah. I have someone has to watch me, and I was like, my mom will never live her life. She'll always watch me, and she'll never, you know, enjoy anything because in her mind, I'll always be there, and I'll always, you know, have to have like someone. Um, how do you say that? Like, 
just always have somebody watching you, like, like watching, like, you, like take, but that pendiente. I don't know how to say it in English. Uh, like like dependent on somebody. The, yeah, you know, she'll always like she always have that dependent. Like, oh, I got it. Especially gotta, your mom, she's not going to just abandon you. Right? Yeah, you, you know, because I, I never had my dad. Um, you know, that's another story. I never I met him after all that happened mm-hmm. in Mexico. But um, so I told that nurse, I said, I'm, I'm I'd rather die. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she went off and told people. And after, you know, they're like, yeah, you're, you know, you, I was in a wheelchair. You got to, you know, you got to use a walker. You know, you got to have a hospice at your house kind of thing. They took me to BHC mm-hmm. and I was there for like two weeks. And they're like, well, do you want to die? Do you want to kill yourself? And I'm like, no, I don't. I, I said, I'd rather live. But the the situation I'm in is, you know, I, it hurts. And, and I'm, you know, I was 19 at the time, maybe 18. Mm-hmm. I said, how am I not supposed to be like, fuck, I just, you know. And, yeah. You know, and it wasn't like I was going to kill myself or I attempted to or anything like that. But I was just like, the situation I'm in just makes me just want to be like, fuck, I just want to die. Like, you know, I just want to end all this. I don't want no yeah. worry for my brothers. I don't want to worry for for my mom, for my aunts, for my uncles. I was like, I just don't want to, you know, live like this. Mm-hmm. I'd rather just die. And so they ended up putting me in BHC and I went through all these tests and, you know, all these counselors and they're like, yeah, you know, it's just the trauma that you went through that led you to think that you wanted to die. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, that was, that was the end of that. After that, they, they wanted me to go back to, to do tests and they would poke me and they'd, and they'd take blood and they'd give me this medication that like, didn't, I couldn't function. Like mm-hmm. I just, it was almost like I was there, but I wasn't there. Like I just couldn't function. And I told my mom, you know, the thing that I know is that to me, God's real. And there's a higher power, whether you call him God or Buddha or whoever, there's a higher power. And so I'm going to believe in him and just do good. Just be good. Yeah. And I never went back. I never took no medication. I don't take medication. Um, there's certain things I don't do. I don't take vaccines. I don't take, um, anything that's going to kind of sedate me, you know, mm-hmm in that way but i'm here and i'm doing it you know and we're we we're doing something a lot that, of things yeah. yeah so i had a question for you since like looking from the outside in what what are you guys going through like you your family like seeing your brother like this like how how is that uh dude so my mom was a mess damn my mom was a mess um we kind of were in shock all my siblings, you know, my sister was a mess, so we're kind of like, this can't be real. This can't mm-hmm. be real. This can't be real. Can't be real. Can't be real. Um, then you hear, yeah, he's doing, he's doing good. Get your hopes up, and then boom, back down. Mm-hmm. So it's a roller coaster, man. It's, it's it's a roller coaster. He had to go through everything we had to go through, and everything that he had to go through, kind of for us, um, helped us kind of have faith and just kind of like be more united, you know, cause just more united in faith, man. Just kind of like, cause it was roller coaster for, not just for him, but for my mom, for everybody involved, you know, our family, Hey, he's doing good. And then next thing he's not. And then mm-hmm. there's progress. And the next thing is not. And it's just like up and down, up and down. And just like, it was, it was nuts, you know? And, and when he, when he came back, it was one of those things where it's like, it's, you can't explain it. It's just one of those, like, you feel so thankful. It's mm-hmm. just like, it was a, it was a rough time. It was, it was a mess, man. What what about the time where they said? I mean, they clearly told him, and I'm pretty sure they probably told you guys um, that he was going to be a vegetable. Like, how how did you guys deal with that? Um, I don't, I don't think my mom necessarily told them all. No, no, no because even when I um, when I got out, 
we, we had the same conversation. It was like, what was it like? And I think my mom tried to play like only have faith, mm-hmm. not, Hey, you know, we got to figure out a situation for your brother. Mm-hmm. And so I think a lot of their, their things were more like, I don't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, you could, you could hear how he's answering. Like it, my mom just kept that from him. It was yeah. like, you know, yeah. she would say, yeah, he's good, but they could see that I was bad kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, it could just be that she, she may not have like accepted the fact, you know, like it's just, it's one of those things where, yeah yeah no it makes sense so after you you get out of this you know you're doing a lot better you're obviously you're walking you're talking mm. uh what are your plans after, like what do you start doing after that like is it like i'm, I'm gonna try everything like uh, i did try everything yeah i i well not everything you know i i became that person that was like let's do it mm. you know and it, and it led me to do bad things you know doing drugs or you know drinking or drinking and driving or you know not giving a crap about anybody's feelings but my own like it made me really selfish at times because you know i had girlfriends and it'd be like dude i don't care like mm-hmm. do whatever the hell you want to do you know i'd i'm gonna go be this other person or i'm gonna you know beat this person up because i'm gonna show them that you know i i'm not necessarily show them but i'm gonna show myself that like i can do whatever the hell i want to do you mm-hmm. know and it led me I, i'd say three years of my life were, were miserable mm-hmm. like w- in a sense, I was showing myself that I could live mm-hmm. by, by doing drugs, by, you know, drinking and driving, by beating people up, by not working, by not paying bills, like just literally going through life. Like I don't care. Mm-hmm. You know, to me, literally my, the end aspect was for me is I'm going to die in a couple of years. So I'm going to go out mm-hmm. and do whatever the fuck I want to do, you know? And just, if it's, you know, have a job for two weeks and then quit, that's what I'm going to do, you know? Mm-hmm. And if a friend calls me on Monday and he wants to, you know, go to Utah, go to Boise or go to Texas, whatever, like I'm going to do it. Yeah. And, uh, I kind of, you know, after those couple of years, I, I meet this girl and, uh, I was like, no, life isn't about being crazy. You know, it was me and my cousin, Alex, like we were both, mm-hmm. you know, we would, I worked at a, a beer distributing place. And so it was like, you know, I'd get beer whenever I wanted and, you know, just drink all the time. But I met this girl and she was kind of like, in a situation where she was just turning uh, 19 or 18, trying to get out of school or whatever. And I was kind of like, dude, we could just be us too. Like, you know, and it, and it kind of just happened. We ended up being together for a while. Um, we ended up having a kid together. We got engaged and it was kind of like, we we're at a point where it was like, we should do something, you know? And she was really into nails. She owns a salon now. And um, it was still the both trying to, for both of us to try and figure it out, you know, like we were really rude to each other, but yet we wouldn't leave, mm-hmm. you know, or, or I would cheat or she would cheat. And it was just like, Oh, it's okay though. Like, you know, it's just two people really, really trying in life, but wanting to have that best friend. Yeah. And it happened to be a guy and a girl, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so we ended up having a kid, a good blessing. Um, and, uh, I was like, you know, she's like, I want to go to nail school and I want to do this. I'm like, let's do it. So I, I turned in, I turned that flip the switch and was like, I just got to work and provide for us and, you know, still try to be good. But yet in the back of my mind, I still had that thing. I'm going to die anyways. Mm-hmm. So I'd have falls where, you know, I go drink with my friends and she don't like that. You know, no one's going to like that. And so we had a fallout and, um, we'd get back together and have a fallout, get back together. And it was kind of like, you know, what are we doing? Yeah. And so she finally went to school. She finished school. We had a kid, uh, we got engaged and we were talking about marriage and stuff. And I was kind of like, Oh, marriage. Wow. Like, uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm not old enough. Right? I don't want to do this, but she's like, why don't you go to barber school? 
I'm like, dude, that'd be awesome. Like, you could be like his and her salon, you know, on yeah. that side they do hair, uh, nails, and on our side it's a barbershop. And so we had that conversation, and she's like, well, look for barber schools. And this was in 16, 2016. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's like, well, there's nothing here. You know, you can go get your cosmetology license. And I'm like, no, I don't want that. You know, I, I want to go. And she's like, the closest thing is in uh, Salt Lake or Boise. And I'm like, well, I've been to Boise once. You know, yeah. I was like, uh, let's look into Boise. And so we had it set out to where I would go to Boise and, you know, things would happen. But obviously, if you're working in a relationship, you have to be there to work on it. Yeah. But me leaving caused that relationship to just disintegrate, you know, yeah. and, and we all, we both grew apart and feelings were attached because, you know, I did care about her. And so, you know, seeing her go out or seeing her do things, it was like, oh man, like, the hell you know mm-hmm. like why it would bug me you know and even though we both knew that it was more of like a friendship than a relationship it would bug me and jealousy came into play and i just became this asshole it was like oh, i'm gonna go back to that old dude that didn't give a shit and didn't didn't care and is gonna make you understand like how yeah. i feel kind of thing but i was still going to barber school and so we stopped talking we separated um we were wouldn't really talk at all but we still had this kid in between us you know mm-hmm. we, we have our kid and so it was like, you look for the kid, you, they say, you're looking for me. Mm-hmm. You don't look for the kid, and it's like, you're bad dad. You know what I mean? <laughs> or like, you're moving on, you didn't love me. You mm-hmm. know, hey, we should stop this because it's not good for us. Let's move away. You don't love me anyways. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I I told myself, you know, I got to finish school. I, I got to finish school. And so... When I went to school, I had no job. I couldn't work because of child support. Child support would garnish all my things. Cool. I couldn't. I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. And so what I did is, uh, the person I was living with had a lawnmower, and, and I would go door to door with a lawnmower and say, "Hey, you know, can I mow your lawn for twenty bucks?" And so I would make about a hundred bucks a week. And across the the barber school, there was a jack in the box, so I gave myself a five dollar allowance. I'd eat a taco and uh, curly fries and free water. You know. And that's what I had for lunch. And then people would be like, they would see that I, you know, and so they'd be like, Hey, let me buy your lunch. Cool. Thanks. And, uh, that's, that's what happened for six months, you know, and I'd reach out to family, but at the same time I had a car payment, I had my cell phone. So the funds that I would get from family helping me was just my, my car gas, you know, stuff like that. You know, I I start, uh, I, I, Went to DI and I bought myself shoes there. And it was like, you know, people were kind of like, oh, you're like, barbers are supposed to have this swag, you know, yeah, barbers yeah. are supposed to be these, these, you know, people that have everything the watch, the shoes, the, yeah. the hair, everything, you know, but I was a busted barber. <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, I always give people crap because they're like, you were never a barber, you were attending barber school. And I'm like, oh, okay, you know, yeah. fine, whatever. But, uh, you know, I, I, finished school there's a you know video where i'm graduating and i thank everybody and you know i i'm in boise so i look over and say so this is my crowd and nobody's there mm-hmm. because at that time i'm like i'm alone finished by myself started by myself like i'm gonna go back and just kind of whatever you know yeah but i graduated um took my test everything got my license moved back to Idaho falls start working at fading color and it was still like going through that you know trying to be there for my kid and trying to like show her mom, like, dude, I'm not a bad person. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so my battle was always like, for them, it's like, pick your kid up. Oh, I can't, I'm working. Oh, so you don't, you don't want your kid then. You know what yeah. I mean? And so I was always in those situations, not exactly the situations, but still the situations of like, be there right now or don't be there at all kind yeah. of thing, you know? 
so that all happened. I kind of went back to like not giving a crap. And then I got a job that everybody's like, oh, it's the coolest job in the world. You know, I traveled all over the United States, flew on platforms, middle of the ocean, boats, always traveling, you know, everywhere all the time. Yeah. And people were like, this guy lives a lifestyle. And mm-hmm. on top of that, he's got a shitload of money, mm-hmm. you know, and it was like, <laughs> that wasn't the case, you know? Yeah. But what people see on Facebook is like, that's his life. Yeah. That, that's who he is, you know? And that's what they portray me to be. So, you know, I'd, I'd hang out, we'd have barbecues, that kind of, so that's where I kind of met you, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I could, I could ask you, what was your opinion of me? You know, you're from what you hear now to what you saw is probably a lot different. Oh yeah. I, I remember that time that you were, I mean, you had that rap. Uh, he was always fighting, always getting in trouble, you know, like that was your thing. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So, uh, me, I was like, I don't know, because I like to give everyone the benefit of, it, of the doubt. Because even after that, we started hanging out. You know, yeah. like we started hanging out, we would go, and then we got into a few scuffles with like some people too at the same time. So I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. But when I would actually talk to you, I'm like, there's there's a lot more there. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like just because I mean I didn't know exactly what you went through. Yeah. But you could tell there's like a lot more. He he's got his head on like his his head on his shoulders. Mm-hmm. But something's wrong. You know, something's bugging him. Yeah. So, but, but like compared to now and then, yeah, night and day, night yeah. and day completely. I mean, I'm not scared to put my hands up anymore, but you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it is a lot different. I now, uh, you know, everybody I see, whether I had a problem with you, it's like, Hey man, how you doing? And if I did something wrong to you, I'm sorry. Mm. And if you want to hold that against me, you know, I'm sorry too, because I'm a better guy and I'm going to do better Yeah. and be in my corner or be on the opposite side. Like you're still part of the team kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, you know, I had that job. I, was always traveling, making money, but I, you know, I, I, I could do anything. I have my CDL. People are always like, Oh, you cut hair, you CDL, you, you know, you work for a company, you know, gas company. And, you know, it's kind of like, you got it going on. Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, I stay busy to keep busy to, you know, stay from getting out of trouble kind of thing or, or doing harm to people because I'd always wake up with that guilt. Like, Mm -hmm. did I do something to somebody? You know, did I hurt somebody? Did I, you know, and it's like, it's not who I am, you know? And so, like uh, I tell people now, you know, I played the part, I did the part, and people still think I am the part kind mm-hmm. of thing, you know? And so I live with that every day. Yeah. You know, I saw an individual that I got in a fight with at a local restaurant, and I was like, I was like, hey, man, I, you know, I, my family's like, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you going over there? And I go over there, and I'm like, hey, man, like, I'm sorry. Like, yeah. if you want to punch me in the face because you still hate me, uh, you know, get it out. Yeah. Like, do what you got to do. And he's like, no, man, like, we're good, you know? And I hugged him and I'm like, you know, I, whatever you need, wish you the best. Like if you ever need anything awkwardly, but I'm here, dude, whatever you need. And he's like, fucking crazy, man. But thanks. <laughs> and I go back and eat and you know, everything was fine, but yeah, it's kind of, yeah. Know. Cause, uh, I, that was one of my questions. Like you, you went through that time. Like mm-hmm. you were always like getting into scuffles, whether it be like going out, you know, and, you you were starting a business now, right? And I'm like, is that going to affect this business? But at the same time, like you can tell right away just by talking with you that you're in a whole different mindset, different different place, you know. Uh, and and I think people need to realize that. And I'm that's why I'm glad you came on. That way, you can explain that, you know, and, and they can listen that it, you're not the same raft that you were a few years ago. You're uh, you guys are business guys. You guys got your own business, entrepreneurs, like looking to hustle, you know, that's a whole different mindset. Now that you have that business behind you, like you're like, I, I have to make it work because so, nobody else is going to make it work. 
you know that that you're not the same ref. I, I look at that kind of incorrect because I am the same ref. Mm-hmm. I went through those things. I did those things, and every time I see somebody I I did something wrong to, I mm-hmm. acknowledge it. You yeah, know, what I did or who you know things I did doesn't escape my mind. So I am the same person. I mm-hmm. have just changed, and I've I've learned to evolve to do better for myself and do pe- do better for the people around me. For all of us to go up. For all of us to 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 find that hustle. To find that love. To get to where we want to be together. You mm-hmm. know, I don't want to be the only one that wins. I don't want to be the only one that gets rich. I want everybody to do mm-hmm. it. And so, you know, that the, the conversations I have with anybody, it's like, do whatever we can do. If you just want to, you know, I'm in the barbershop and I'm like, if you have this goal, keep talking about it, put yeah. it, put it out there, dude, believe it, you know, put it out of existence, believe, believe, because that's what I used to do. You know, I, I have, um, I've always had thoughts of like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to have a barbershop and people were like, it's crazy. You mm-hmm. know, you're not going to, you're not going to do it. And you know, things lined up, my, my stars lined up and you know, we have a barbershop now and I've put everything on the line I have for it. People are like, dude, you went from making, you know, double digits to, you know, maybe making a hundred dollars a day. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm a hundred times broke owning a business than I am having regular, regular job. You know yeah. what I mean? But yeah, I feel like you initially put that in your head a long time ago because you even mentioned it uh, in the beginning that you were gonna ha- you wanted to have a nail salon slash barbershop. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean? and that was way before. And I mean, look at you now. Now, now you guys have Rose Barbershop, dude. Yeah, it's crazy. Look, I'll show you this document. People are like, "Oh, whatever." You you didn't. Um. So what's that say? This is Rose Barbershop. Mm-hmm. So this was put into my phone. Created uh, March 17th, 2017. 2017. You know, and people are like, you're crazy, man. But I'm like, dude, put that into existence. Mm -hmm. You know, I I, I own a 1963 or 64 Impala and people are like, how'd you get it? I'm like, I put it into existence. Mm -hmm. I kept saying, anywhere I'd go, I'm going to own an Impala. You know, I'm going to own an Impala. You know, I'm going to own a bike. I'm going to be happily married. I'm going to, you know, be a good person. I'm going to try as hard as I can. I'm not going to give up. Mm -hmm. I, I, it's very, very seldom to say for me to say, to, to put it out there to say, I can't do that Yeah, because mindset is everything. Yeah, And, no. and, I, and I challenge every single person that listens to this to write it on the mirror that say, you know, I'm going to make, or I'm going to save, or I'm going to do, or I'm going to go give yourself a challenge. And in a week, mm-hmm. you'll notice a difference. Oh yeah. You know? And it's like, people are like, Oh no, I can't do that. I'm scared. I don't want to. You've done, you've put five things in front of that, I'm going to do, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? All you got to say is I'm going to do it. I don't know how, I don't know what, I don't know who, but I'm going to do it. Yeah. yeah. And I'm glad you say that because that's, uh, that's the mindset to a lot of entrepreneurs. You know what I mean? Like they, me, I'm the same way. I write stuff down too, as well. Like things that I want to do and I know it's going to take work. I can't just be like, Oh, like I want to do this, but you know, is it going to happen? Am I going to make time? <laughs> yeah. No. Like if you really want to make it happen, you can do it. You yeah. know, there's no goal that's too little or no, or, or too big. You know what I mean? Like as small little goals, that's why like you, you said, you know, challenge yourself every week because mm. little goals end up being a big goal. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? If you say you want to do something one week, okay, next week I'm going to do it again. And it's be something simple. It's, oh. You know, it could be, I'm going to, you know, wash my shit, my face every morning, you know, tell you, even though you already do it, tell yourself I'm going to do it. Yeah. 
You know, I'm getting a shower in the morning, not at night. You know, just telling yourself. Um, we have this thing in my family that that says, "Call Raf because he could do it all." You know, and it's and it's not you know to be cocky in any means, but we I, I, I start working harvest and my brothers were all there and this this boss comes around. And he's like, "Any you fuckers can can drive a skidster," and we're all looking at each other like, "Oh shit!" Like you know, I'm like, "Dude, I can." He's like, "Have you done it?" I'm like, "No," but we're gonna find out. And, you know, 10 minutes into the skidster and it looks like I've been doing it forever. You know what I mean? Dang. And it's, it's hilarious. That, that's we, always we, we always joke about it because it's like, hey, who knows how to do this? Hey, who knows how to do that? You got Raph's hand. Uh, I can yeah. do it. And on the way there to do it, he's on YouTube. Like, yo. <laughs> how to do so it. So yeah. it's, it's, it's funny. And, and it's all with a mindset, dude. And oh, yeah. It's kind of contagious. Yeah. And I didn't know. I didn't know about that about you. That you're like, hey, like, I can do it. I can do it. And which is really cool you know, mindset to have, like, there's nothing that you can't do. Yeah. You know, and, and it, people are like, Oh, you're cocky. Uh, it's like, no man, but take a journey with me and we'll both figure it out. You know yeah. what I mean? I like the people at the shop. They look at me kind of like he's doing it. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, the conversation, how my brother got started into barber school was he was going job to job and I was getting tired of it. I'm like, like, dude, these $20 a week that I'm letting you borrow, like it's pissing me off kind of thing. Like I'm fucking tired of it. I'm like, so don't call me or don't talk to me until, you know, you're going to be like, Hey, I, I want to do something. Mm -hmm. I'm like, shit, go to barber school or something. And he's like, I can't cut hair. I'm like, yeah, it is. Let's go in the bathroom and I'll show you how it is. You know? So he gives me, I, we have these trimmers that are for your sack, but mm -hmm. I'm going to use them on my neck. <laughs> and I'm like, here, you know, shape up my neck. And he's like, uh, he's shaking and I'm like, I'm like, pinche hombre para tanto, you know, like you got all this body and you can't, you know, you mm -hmm. can't trim my neck. I'm like, dude, come on. So he puts it on me and you know, it's, it's all janky. It's cricket. And I'm like, well, at least he tried. I'm like, dude, tomorrow morning, you're going to wake up at 8am. We're going to go down to, um, Paul Mitchell and we're going to sign you up. And he's kind of like, ha, ha, you know, yeah. laughed and fucking seven thirty rolls around. I'm like, Oh, he's not awake. So I bang on his door. I'm like, dude, get your ass up. Like we're going to school. He's like, no dude. I'm like, get up. Like literally get up or like, I'm going to kick you out. I'm not going to let you do this anymore. He's like, fuck man. All right. So we get in the truck and I, you know, we go over there. The lady's like, he's like, it's a hundred dollars for you to, to enroll, you know? And he looks at me and he's like, like, I don't got it. You know what I mean? And I'm like, yeah, you do. And so I give him a hundred bucks and we enroll. And she's like, Oh, you start uh, January 14th. And I was like, I'm like, here, I gave you a seed. Now you plant it. But seeds don't just come up. They go down first. So mm -hmm. shit's about to go down. You're about to, like, it's about to get worse. Yeah. Just because you started this doesn't mean you're just going to rise. I'm like, those seed. you know, you plant the seed and the roots go down to, to get the nutrients and then and then gets up out of the ground, you yeah. know? And so I'm like, shit's about to get hard. But not once do I want you to call me and say, hey, I can't do this because it, it, I'm not going to tolerate that. I won't have it. Mm -hmm. And his car broke down, middle of the highway. He walked to school. You know, he he figured out his, his way to do it. Mm -hmm. And now when he trims my neck, I'm like, do you remember back then, you little <laughs> sis? <laughs> we, we, we laugh about now it. Now it's all crispy sharp. And before yeah. it was just like all jaggedy. It was janky, yeah. And we don't use sack trimmers now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't use sack trimmers. But, you know, everybody at the shop, you know, people come in and they're like, you know, why do people want to work with you? Or, you know, why? Mm -hmm. It's like. Because we're all, we're all in it together. Yeah. You know, we're and yeah, you have your own clients and that kind of stuff. But if I'm over here treating somebody badly, you're like, oh, I'm uncomfortable. I don't want to do this, you mm -hmm. know? And, and I straight up tell people, you know, my brother's better at trimming beers than I am because I, I am not as good. Mm -hmm. 
and they're kind of like, okay, I'll, I'll fresh you up. I'll cut your hair, but my brother can do your beard. Mm-hmm. Cool. You know, or, hey, I can cut your hair and Isley can do your braids or your, you know, whatever you need. Yeah. But I can't do that. Like, I don't know how to do that kind of thing. And, you know, it's kind of, it's just a working environment and people are like, oh, you got a tattoo shop in there. I'm like, it's, I don't own the tattoo shop. He rents for me and it's his own business. Mm-hmm. And yeah, because I want to be different. But good, you know. Different. Yeah, you almost want like a when someone comes in, it's like an experience because I know you have the pool table, you guys have like the arcades now, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure you have more stuff down the line. Yeah, uh, and then you have the tattoo shop, so it's kind of like you're trying to create that ex- like experience when you, when somebody goes, like they can go and like hang out, wait to get a haircut, mm-hmm. and you know play some pool, play some video games, and like same thing with the because anytime somebody goes get a tattoo they usually go with like a couple buddies yep. and then it gets really boring because they just sit there and like watching you get tattooed and first like, five minutes <laughs> is awesome you know? and then after <laughs> that you're like whoa whoa you're gonna be here like eight more hours like yeah and so they play pool or you know they're like hey man you know line me up or sweet let's do it and then we start we we, we can talk about anything we, you know they're like you know who who did this and i'm like oh me and my buddy danny you know it, mm-hmm. we we Every little screw and cranny that's in that place is like we turned it and we did it. And yeah, you know, I I, um, I contracted out some jobs, you know, the plumbing and the texture and that kind of stuff, because it was more time consuming for me to do it than it would have been for them, you know. Yeah. And still, it was like smaller businesses that I could help out and do something for. And so, you know, when people are like, "Oh, who does the paintings?" I'm like, "My brother does." You know, mm-hmm. it like. Oh yeah, like would you sell that? Would you, you know, would you draw me something? And it's like, yeah, he will. And my brother looks at me like, <laughs> I will, <laughs> you know, I will. And uh, you know, where'd you get started? How'd you get started? It's like, oh, let's have that conversation. You know, mm-hmm. let's do it. And it's, I've always learned, you know, listen to understand, not listen to respond, mm-hmm. because you can have a conversation with somebody and you're listening but you're already practicing in your mind what you want to say to them. Mm. You know what I mean? Instead of letting them finish and even it takes a split second process what they're saying and then answer them. You know? Yeah. And so I've, I, I've tried to teach my brother that, that, you know, it's kind of like we can have a conversation and I'm like, Hey dude, I just did this. Mm. Everybody's thing is like, Oh, that's cool. Sweet. You know, not, you know, Oh, I drove down the street. Oh, what street you drive down to? Mm-hmm. It's like this guy. He wants to know. He yeah. wants to know what I'm doing. You know details. Yeah. What store did you go to? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, why do you like about that store that you know you don't like her mother's? And it's like they're just feeding you all this information. And when they leave that chair, it's like that guy was invested in me. Like he yeah. knew. And mm-hmm. and a good thing about me is that you know both of us are you know people at the shop is that I tell them remember one thing that they did. And why they went to see us. So when they come back, you can ask them about that. Hey, man, how'd that go? How'd that picture go? Mm-hmm. You know, how was that date? You know, did you get lucky? Like, did you <laughs> score? You know, and, and from cars to sh- to mechanics to police officers to firemen to construction to, dude, this house is a pain in my ass. You know, all those little things. It's like we see everybody. Yeah. And I tell everybody, I, I'm born and raised out of Falls. I, I knew a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You know, I know a lot. A lot of people say, oh, I know Raph. I, yeah, I know yeah. him. But the amount of people that I know now, you know, or is like quadruple the amount. And it's like, we're just an ant, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you do good, you be good. You're going to have that other colony and a bigger colony. And, yeah. you know, and it's like, people are going to be like, I want to go there. You know, mm-hmm. we had a, my, my wife's employees, shout out to them. Uh, my wife's not employees, my coworkers, they're, they're coworkers. Her coworkers are always like, 
do they even do white guys? <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, we get a phone call and, and, and it's like, can you guys cut black hair? Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, yeah. Like, you know, it's like we can cut black, red, blonde. Blue. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter. Oh, okay. Just because you guys don't post pictures and it's like, oh, maybe I'm doing wrong by the advertising aspect, but mm-hmm. we take everybody, you know, anybody yeah. and everybody. And even if you just want to come in and shoot the shit, it's like, dude, come in, shoot the shit. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's whatever other shops. I'm like, you know, I, I want to be friends with everybody and yeah. you know, there's enough for everybody kind of thing. And if there's not for everybody, I, I'm more than happy to split it down the middle and give you half. Like, mm-hmm. you know. No. And, and I'm glad you like that. And I like how you talked about the whole customer service part, just because that does go a long way. Uh, even if you just remember one little thing that way, next time you, you feel like you're part of, you know, the, the shop too. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like when they come back, be like, yeah, I come over here. Cause you know, these are my guys, you know? Yeah. Like, so you, you, you have to create that environment. And if a shop doesn't create that environment or if you're super shy, you're going to have to either change that or you're not going to make it. Cause yeah. you guys have to talk to, I mean, it, not only are you guys cutting hair, you, it's however long, like eight, 10 hours that you guys cut. Right. I, I don't know exactly, but yeah. like, that's also talking at the same time, right. remembering something about them, trying to spark up conversations. Cause I'm pretty sure you ran into them. Those people, you ask a question and you'll get like a, just a quick answer. And you're like, Oh shit. You right, know and like, right. and then you gotta ask them something else. Cause it, it, it's, it, it's worse when you just sit there right. and like, just make it awkward. awkward right. yeah. And there's, you're, you're going to have some of those clients too. Like mm-hmm. I have a few that are meetings all day, every oh. day. So when they come to get a cut, they just want the cut. They want the sign to cut. And it, it'll take you a few cuts to realize, you know, it's like, oh, okay, cool. And they'll tell you. I've mm-hmm. just been meetings all day, dude. And they just kind of chill. It's like, oh, okay, just cool. Just there to relax? Yeah, he, they're just there to relax. And at that point, you just give them the best service and just mm-hmm. kind of hang out, you know. But, and you always point out, you say, hey, man, you know, I, our, you know, our more quieter days are, you know, Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Come in that day. So it's good for you, good for me kind of thing. You know, you're, you're not in here while it's all quiet, it, you know crazy and wild and it's like hey man thanks for that you know and it's like if there's something that you know they're going through it's like you know man i'm I'm here if you want to talk you know it's like i may not be able to tell you exactly what you want to hear but i can listen yeah and it's like their eyes just you know (laughs) like heck yeah you know and there's these two dudes from pingree i won't say their name but they're two (laughs) brothers those two dudes are probably the coolest dudes we've met Mm -hmm. because they are like you know they're just they're, they're they're American. Um, they're white, but they speak Spanish, you know. Mm-hmm. And so he came came in. He's like, "Oh yeah, amigo." And I'm like, "Well, that's a typical American." And I, it just came out. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like the, when they want you to know they speak Spanish, and it just came out. And he's like. Well, what do you have me say? Beaner? And I'm like, oh, my, oh, dude, you're my kind of guy. I'm like, that's, you know, I'm like, I don't take any offense to that. And, you know, we start talking and he's like, he's like, dude, I, I've met you twice, but I feel like I've known you in eternity. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, well, don't try to kiss me because you know, we'll have a problem. But just, you know, things like that is, it's, it's awesome. Like, yeah. So I had a question about, uh, I mean, you knew obviously from 2017 mm-hmm. that you were going to have bros, but barbershop, mm-hmm. did you ever think it was going to be with your brother? Uh, it, it was always a dream to, to do it with somebody, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And yeah, we're blood related, but at the same time, I want him to succeed, not just cause we're blood, you know, I want Isley to succeed, not mm-hmm. just because we're friends. It's like, dude, I want everybody to punch their own time clock. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, if, if you want to do that, let's have that conversation. You know, we could, we could, I could be like, Oh dude, Scarface, you know, people are always like, Oh, um, I want to get pictures done Scarface. 
You know, I appreciate it. it. You know, it's like Scarface does it. Who's that? And I'm like, you know, give him the link. And I'm like, here you go. You know, mm-hmm. and you know, it's like who who does, you know, who sells shirts? I'm like, you know, go to this local shop. Yeah. You know, it's like because having your own business does not isn't beautiful. Mm-hmm. It, it it is you know at least the first little while from what I've been told, it is freaking stressful, stressful <laughs> and nasty. And you're almost like, why the fuck did I do this so mm-hmm. many times? Like, why? Like, you know, I I look at my paycheck and I'm, I'm at the shop from nine to seven, you know, six days a week. And I probably make maybe $1.50 an hour Dang. looking at it on paper. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm like, well, I always tell, I, I always tell Daniel, I'm like, well, this is the shit I wanted. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? And it's not just me because, you know, they're in charge of their own business too, their own clientele. So it's, you know, it's all of us. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I have the shop and I have people in the shop and how we're going to advertise and how we're going to do things, how are we going to get bigger? How are we going to, you know, get more people in there that want to, you know, have the same mission as us, maybe mm-hmm. not the same mentality or the same swag or, you know, anything like that, but just the same mission, uh, in the shop to, to work with us, you know, mm-hmm. it's like all those kind of things, but shout out to everybody that owns their own shop because dude, it is not, it's worth it, but it's not beautiful. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not beautiful in the beginning, you know, eventually, um, after you past those first i mean they always say like the first couple years you're not going to make very much money if any yeah you know because you have to uh, a smart business person is going to reinvest um you know try to build that foundation so Mm -hmm. it can just you know continue to grow from there then eventually you guys could probably if that's something that you want you guys want to do is franchise out yeah you know and have bros barbershop all over the place you know yeah we've already been asked to go to to blackfoot and you know I, i i don't say no but I, you know, even when we talked about the podcast, I'm like, I'm not necessarily mindset ready, mm-hmm. you know, because I could have gave you some danky answers and like short and sweet. And, you know, it's like I prepared myself, hyped myself up and almost like, like, you know, I had to be, I had to experience that thing. Cause yeah. I, I could have been like, dude, having a shop is awesome. Everybody knows you. Everybody wants to give you free shit. Everybody's like, Oh, that's the guy that owns the shop. You know, mm-hmm. you know, you guys bros barbershop, you know, it's like you guys are both, you know, we go somewhere and they're like, Hey, it's on us. It's like, no, we want to pay for our service. But yeah. Thank you. You know what I mean? But or even that's if you probably the story for you to very well, just say <laughs> yeah. you're like, it, it, it evens out. You know? yeah. So it's like, yeah. If I would have had this thing, this, this, podcast four or four weeks ago or something i probably would have been like everybody do it i still want everybody to do it but i would have painted a beautiful picture and been like it's awesome yeah and they just need to know it's it's gonna come with a lot of stress you know a lot of headaches i mean even you know recently something bad happened you know we'll get into that Mm -hmm. um but even leading up to opening it you know what I mean? Like you go through roller coaster of emotions. You're like, am I in oh, over dude. my head? What do you mean? I have to like, now I have to, you know, fix this, buy this, you know, pay this, do that. She's how, how, how was that? Like leading up to the, I mean, when you guys had the soft opening. So the way that I wanted to set it up, you know, and put it out to Daniel, you know, cause he was the first one there was like, Hey, you know, we could advertise on the radio. We could advertise on the TV or we could, take the punches and take the, the stressful moments of we're just sitting here mm-hmm. to be able to accommodate those people later in the future. Because, you know, our shop wasn't necessarily set up how we wanted it to be. It still is. It's, you know, it's an ongoing thing, yeah. but it's like text all your homies, text everybody you got and say, you know, like, please come in, you know, give, give us a shot kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Because to me, it was like the longest I cut hair 
probably like consistently with maybe three months. Mm-hmm. So people are like, why are you doing it? Like, you don't know how kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I might not know how, but I'm going to give you the best experience at it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so I told Daniel, you know, we, we go through steps, even, you know, situations of how you, how you set the person, how you turn the person, how you, you know, ask, is there anything else I could do? You know, let's, let's us work on that. So we don't have a hundred people we go through. We have 10 people we go through and we, we, we practice that and practice that and practice that. So then when we get those hundred people, it's just normal to us. You yeah. Know? And, uh, you know, even our hours, our hours say nine to seven, Monday through Saturday, we learned that we can't perform at our, our capability on Saturday. Cause you know, it's back to back every 30 minutes and 20 people coming through the door. Mm-hmm. So if we do over 20 people, we aren't, giving them a hundred percent. We're kind of cheating them out of their service. Yeah. Cause we're not mentally all there too, just mm-hmm. cause we're burnt out, you know? So it's like, okay, let's dial it back a little bit. Just so, cause you know, we're, we kind of want to not kind of, we want to provide the best service possible and to be overloaded like that. We're, we're flattered, but, uh, we had to scale it back just so we can keep it consistency on our. Yeah. Cause at, at that point, if you were more interested in the money, you would turn into like the, I mean, these other shops, we won't name them. Uh, where their biggest thing is like, how many people can they do in a day? Yeah. Like whether the hair, haircut be nice or not. Mm. Uh, Just I, bang them out, yeah. I remember I went to one place, uh, it was a long time ago. I, m- my mom would always cut my hair at the time. Uh, I mean, I think a lot of Hispanics do Everybody, that. Yeah. Uh, Either so they that save the money. Brother. Yeah. And, uh, fi- finally I'm like, you know, I'm going to go over here. Cause I've always been wanting this kind of aid, you know? And I went, and literally she went in there finished me in like 10 minutes and I went outside and like looked in the mirror and I'm like, what the fuck is this? Mm-hmm. And I went home, shaved it all off and I got scared to go anywhere. Yeah. Like I was like, I'm just going to buzz my head. Like people out here aren't, don't know how to cut, you know, and things <laughs> like that. And then eventually I started getting confidence and started going to different people. But yeah. uh, then I realized what a barber was, you know, barbers are a whole different ball game you know what i mean like yeah uh not knocking cosmetologists at all mm-hmm. you know what i mean but i feel just you when, when they use that straight razor you know and they, the, the hot towel it just that whole experience uh, it hooked me yeah and it's and it's not you know it's it's there's titles out there for everybody you know cosmetologists barber aesthetics but it's someone that's passionate about what they do and i yeah. used to think passionate was wanting to do it all the time Mm -hmm. you know passion is you know like i like i say commitment commitment isn't just when it's pretty you know it's Mm -hmm. it's when it's bad ugly beautiful sunny raining snowing hail thunder you know it's all the time Mm -hmm. you know it's committed and and passionate is wanting to do the best kind of thing and Mm -hmm. doing the best you know because i know cosmetologists you know for example mia she was a cosmetologist Mm -hmm. and just barely got her barber license but she has been good for you know ever since i can remember kind of yeah. thing and so now that she's a barber she's still is good you know yeah, what i mean still kills it. but she loves the game and she loves what she does this kind of thing so yeah. it's like you know freddie freddie was a cosmetologist and i believe he still is and you know he he does good and you know he's got other things going on and stuff you know everybody that i know is is not necessarily exactly the title they want to be but they they do good they, yeah. you know they love it yeah as long as they love it i feel like they'll give you the uh a good haircut. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Uh, but this lady that I went to, I wish I could remember, remember her name. I right, right. put her on blast. <laughs> like, she literally gave me the, like I had chunks of hair still on my head and like, oh, I'm like, geez. what is this? And I didn't know how to cut my own hair. So first thing I said, I was like, 
buzz it all buzz off. It off. Yeah. And, and, and it always happens. We, we have people that say, Oh, just really low. And I'm like, okay, you know, and they, they see that, they see the good fade or, you know, the mm-hmm. good transition. And they're like, can you take it higher? I'm like, I got you. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> I got yeah, you. You'll you know? always get that. They're like, oh, can we do the one to it too? And it's like, and you can, as a barber, you see the potential mm-hmm. and their hair mm-hmm. so good. And you're like, let's go to a half. Yeah. And then they see that transition and they're like, oh yeah, can we, can we go, maybe we'll do that zero. And it's like, yes. Yeah, it's different when like you're, you guys know what you're doing. You can make it look like those, you know. Because uh, when I went in, I was like, "Hey, like I want like a fade like this." She's like, like "Yeah." <laughs> She's like, "We can do that." And no, it was not not even close. Oh dang! But that that's good that you guys do that because you you build that. That's how you build clientele. Yeah. Um, and that's how you make money is like the right. return customer. Right. Uh, so like you have to deliver every time. You know, there's yeah. That, and- that's why you had to scale back a little bit because you don't want to get burnt out and then all of a sudden cut somebody or. Uh, give them a bad haircut just because you weren't all there. Cause that one bad haircut can, it can turn bad real quick. They can go tell, you know, their friends, Hey, don't go here because they messed up my hair, but they don't know everything that went on. You yeah. know? Right, right. And, and we got to be perfect for everybody. That's what, you know, it, our, our clock starts every time someone sits down. You yeah. Know? And it's like, we could, it could be the smallest thing and it's, it's your image, you know? So of course you're going to take your image, you know, like, uh, you're going to take your image, like, highly valuable you're yeah. like oh yeah i gotta look good i gotta you know, be fresh and that one hair is off and they're like that sucker sucks yeah, yeah. it's like bro like you know <laughs> you try it kind of thing you know mm-hmm. what i mean but it's just it's the game we chose to be in so yeah i've, I've heard nothing but great stuff from your guys shop you know what i mean like you guys obviously know, know what you guys are doing you know or else so. you guys wouldn't have a shop Thanks, you know so i hope nothing but more success for you guys uh you guys have a hell of a story you know it didn't go from like, overnight you know what i mean and that's okay. what i like people to see is like you went through some things you went through some things we're still going through things you know like to this day but we manage to yeah. to keep kicking forward people always ask us like why'd you guys do it and i say we have two things in common we have you know i have two little girls he's got one He's always, you know, and we've always been like, you know, when we get to see him. And I said, you know, Danny, right now we can't, but we got to put that magic number out there, 18. When they're 18, you know, hopefully they come see us. But they come find us in a situation that we did something with the time the way they were gone. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and oh, that's we, cool. we built something and, you know, hopefully they want to be a part of it or are a part of it. And don't go back, you know, 18 years go by and it's like, oh, my dad's just drunk or my dad's felon or he's in prison or, you know, he's he's nobody. It's mm-hmm. like. It's like we, we, you know, instead of saying the years we've we've missed them, it's like the years we have to build, kind right. of thing. Yeah, that way they. Yeah, I like I like how you guys do that. That's really cool. And it's crazy because I remember right before I started barber school, our mentalities were different. Mm-hmm. I'm having a conversation with Raf, and it's the first thing he pointed out is just your point of view is way off because you're looking at how long you're going without. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at it how much closer I am to see her, you know. And just we sat there and talked about see them yeah. yeah you know just point of view and just kind of like you're looking at things like you can't do this because you don't have or you do whatever you know and i was kind of in the wrong state of mind just kind of like a victim mentality kind of thing yeah and it uh once you decide once you decide to just kind of change your point of view and just kind of act and put the work in it's like you know what i'm saying when i sit in there and not wanting to go to that orientation for Paul mitchell <laughs> you know he's over here Let's go. Let's go. It's yeah. Like, oh, fine, dude. I went. On the way over there, we got enrolled or whatever, got accepted, and he just like at the end of this thing, we're gonna have our own shop. Whether he, you know, fully believed it or not, I did, and I was kind of like, yeah, you're right, you mm-hmm. know. And 
he took on other projects, obviously with his with his uh, work or uh, offshore and stuff like that. I used that time, you know, didn't know if it was going to be a year or two or whatever. But when my brother says something, when Raph says something, he, he always follows through. Yeah. So I'm like, all right. And then it was up to you to yeah to build that skill up. Yeah, and it, in and the it, meantime, and it worked out for the best because it's like, I, yeah, okay, I got licensed. But I had to deal, you know, I had to go through the ups and the downs. And I'm still new. I'm still, like, you know, mm-hmm. the month we've been open, sitting next to my brother. I've learned more. You yeah. know, like, I'm, I'm still learning. I've only been in this thing for a little over, you know, like, actually cutting a little over a year. And it's like, I'm still learning. I'm still learning things. I watch him do. And he explains it. It's like, oh, that, you know. Yeah. But, you know, that time I had to build my clientele. Not just build my clientele, but just kind of prove that, I, you know, like, build a passion for it. Cause yeah. I, I started to really enjoy and doing the beards and the beards was always my thing. Mm-hmm. That was something I was passionate about, but, um, it all just kind of works out because we both, we have that in common, the way we were raised. And, the, and that's kind of like our shop, I believe is a direct representation of who we are mm-hmm. as people, you know, like yeah. me and my brother, you know, we were raised very close knit and very to the point and, respect everybody regardless of whatever and that's we try to represent that through our shop and just kind of make sure that everybody that comes in like they, they feel accepted feel feel felt care feel cared about kind of yeah stuff, so. no that's that's freaking awesome dude I, I like where you guys heads are at you you know what i mean like uh wanting to do that for your guys as you know children so later on when they do come they don't come back to oh well my dad's not doing anything you know like yeah, we didn't miss anything. out on much he, he yeah. was that this person is why my we, mom this said, is why we couldn't be here. yeah this is why you know my mom did take him or you know decided to not have him be a part of us but you know it's like when people believe in you you know tyler took me out so many times mm-hmm. and i was kind of like this dude's crazy you know i knew i wanted to do it but it's always that one listen to that one friend that's annoying that's kind of like do, do something that always tells you because <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'm like that with a lot of people on my approach. Just like, just do it. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just like do it, do it. Like I, I don't gain anything from you like yeah. doing it. Like yeah. I'm doing it just because I know you can do it. I, I see the benefit yet. Yeah, I mean, you go through your downs, like whatever business that may be, but mm-hmm. you know, like when you're building something for yourself and like you know, your children, it's, it's, it's a whole different passion. Like I love doing everything I do. Like I love doing this. Yeah. People see this as work. I see this as like, I I got to know you guys on a deeper level, which, you know, and I'm glad other people got to see that as well. Cause it just like that, the way I see your shop, I'm like, okay, you know, like this is where they're coming from. Like, this is, you know, where it's built from, like the things that you've been through, you know, like obviously it was like a near death experience, you know, and not a lot of people know that about you. Cause originally when somebody told me like you went through that, mm-hmm. they said it was because steroids and me, I'm like, well, maybe because yeah. he was, he was built like hell, <laughs> you know, and yeah. you don't get to, you don't get to know that. Cause you know, so, that's why I like to sit here and have these conversations that way we can get to know you guys, you know, like you guys are trying to see your, your children, but yeah. it's kind of hard when, you know, the baby mom is not letting you, but well, it's not, you know, not to interrupt you, but it's not just their fault. Ah, we, we've both done wrong and we acknowledge yeah. that yeah. and, you know, shout out to them because they are doing the best they can for our children. And, mm-hmm. you know, thank you. And we love you guys a lot and uh you know just because it didn't work out right now doesn't mean it won't work out in the future mm-hmm. and um you know it's kind of like you live and you learn but you change to learn you know yeah you know you add to what you're doing and there is those people out there that are like you know screw them they you know he's all talk you know come hang out with me mm-hmm. you know come hang out with us come come be a part of it come want to do something yeah and you know see where you're at at the end of that kind of thing 
you know, because we, we do have those people that are like, they're dumb, they're fight, they blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like, yeah, we did it and I learned and I, and I built myself that reputation, but now I'm going to build myself a reputation that says, I want to be a part of that guy's team Yeah, and come, come be a part of the team. And, and not just at the barbershop, you know, you want to build a business, you want to do something. It's like, dude, we'll help you do anything, you know? Yeah. It's, it's always like just having that connection, you know what I mean? Like, Hey, you want to do this? Hey, I, I know this person that, you know, I could yeah. probably connect you guys. And j it's just little things like that, that, that I see that you do a lot, you know? And, uh, I mean, both of you guys at the shop and that's how people grow, you know, and like helping other people. People think that, Oh, I have a shop or, you know, like, hey, this is all me. Yeah. I, I get the same thing with like photographers. They're like, there's so many. I'm like, yeah, but we're all different. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's plenty of room for everyone. Like, uh, some people reach out to me. They're like, Hey, how do you, how'd you do this? And I'm like, this is how I did it. You know, go oh, ahead yeah. and, you know, just helping people. Mm -hmm. You know, I love helping people, but again, I want to thank you guys for coming on, dude. I hey, appreciate thanks, it, dude. You guys have a hell of a story. <laughs> uh, what are you guys' social medias on for the, for the barbershop? Uh, bros barbershop, um, on Facebook and then bros barbershop on Instagram. And, uh, we're open nine to seven Monday through Friday. Friday and eight to four or eight to three on Saturday. Uh, Walkins, welcome. Come check us out. Just, you know, shoot the shit, whatever you guys want to do, talk about anything. Mm. Um, you know, we're, we're there. Our phone number is 208 716 8905. And yeah. Now, I'm excited to see what else you guys bring, dude. You guys are already doing big things. I had to come by and, and check it out for myself, and I saw nothing but the potential to grow even more. Yeah. You guys have a nice location, which is thank really you. cool. So, uh, again, thank you guys for coming on, and we'll catch you guys on the next one.